Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Brandon. And welcome to Living Electric. We're both content creators and electric vehicle enthusiasts. And through this podcast, we hope to share our experience with owning electric vehicles and help you join the electric life. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of Living Electric. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about Earth Day and EVs' effect on the planet, whether or not they are actually good for the environment. I know that's something that... uh, makes a lot of people want to switch to electric vehicles. So we're going to be diving into that a little bit. Earth Day was on Thursday, we were just discussing, was the official Earth Day. Um, April 22nd. April 22nd. And then today was Drive Electric Earth Day is kind of like a spinoff of Earth Day. So there's some events around the country today. Um, hopefully you guys were able to go out and see some EVs. I was. We had a, an event here in Columbus with a couple cars there. I got to see some... Uh, some bolts, saw a Nero, a lot of Teslas, um, and some other nice. stuff too. So nice. Brandon had a great idea of starting this off with talking about, uh, besides driving electric, some of our personal efforts for being more sustainable or being good to the planet. So I'll have all Brandon go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, you you reminded me of the one thing that I do to be the most sustainable, <laughs> and that is being a vegan. Um, I've been vegan for about a year. And um, Alex and I always joke about me being a bad vegan because I actually forgot to announce that I was vegan <laughs> when we were prepping for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that's pretty much my the main thing that I do to be more sustainable is eating no animal products. Um, I stay away from dairy, anything that has any animal relations. Yeah, um, yeah. So going on about a year now and going well, going strong. Yeah, for me, I think. Um... I know like reduce, reuse, recycle is kind of the, like what you think of when you think of like being sustainable, but I don't think as many people put as much emphasis on the reduce and reuse part of being sustainable. Right. Mm -hmm. So one thing I've been trying to do a lot more is, uh, first off, just reducing the amount of things we use. So trying to reduce single use plastics. Like I don't buy water bottles anymore. I just fill up my own water bottle. Um, just very basic things like that that aren't like a huge lifestyle change that are very easy to implement Um, and then reusing things too so we were discussing kind of in the brainstorming phase a lot of our like pots and containers outside for our plants now are just like reused plastic containers (laughs) (laughs) instead of sending them off to be recycled if you're just using it uh, to grow plants or crops or herbs or anything like that just reusing containers that you have around the house is a better option than going out and buying something so Definitely, Definitely would encourage you guys to, if you're going to throw something away, think if there's actual use for it or something you've been needing that that item could be used for before you just throw it away or, or recycle it. So that's mainly what I try to do. Um, definitely very many easy things you can do to be more sustainable in your own life. So um, just takes a little bit of thinking, I think, sometimes. Yep, yep. And the, the way I look at it is one step can create big impacts. So start somewhere. Absolutely. Even if it's the smallest change, yeah. you can make a big impact. And share it too. Even if you're yes. vegan, make sure you tell yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I try harder to tell people that I'm vegan. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So kind of the main topic of today's episode, we're discussing EV's effect on the planet and whether or not they're good for the environment. So this can be kind of a... I don't want to say like a heated topic, but kind of a controversial topic um, because EVs at face value aren't necessarily like a net good for the planet. 
But as we were discussing brainstorming, it's really important when you're discussing effect on the planet of what you're comparing it to. So like, obviously, if you're riding a bike around, <laughs> that's going to be much, much less impact on the planet than driving a car, right? So yep. similar to reduce, reuse, recycle, reducing your, your carbon impacts and reducing your your reliance on big equipment and big machinery, machinery to get around is going to have a much bigger impact. However, most people live in a situation where you need a car, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I know for me, I cannot walk to work. There's not really any no. good pu public transit options to work. So an electric car was, was probably my best option there. Same with mine. Yeah. My, when I would go to work at the office, my round trip was about 50 miles. So yeah. I would, uh, probably be the strongest person you would ever meet. <laughs> I would never have to do leg day if I had to walk to the office <laughs> or rode a bike. Yeah. Just 25 mile runs every morning yep. and yep. afternoon. Yep. <laughs> so that's why driving electric works for me too. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's kind of an important way to kind of frame this argument or frame this this episode is that we're not necessarily saying that EVs are like these excellent things are, that are going to save the planet, but they'll definitely have a big impact. And it's definitely a big part of kind of transitioning to a more sustainable future. So with that being said, it kind of gets split into two different categories of their effect on the planet. Um, first off is production which is when you're actually building the car. So for EVs compared to ICE cars, EVs do have a higher um, higher carbon impact, higher effect on the planet when they are being produced. But after that production is done, then that impact on the planet kind of levels off. It kind of hits a plateau almost, or, or at, least, at least increases at a lower rate compared to, to ICE vehicles. A few months ago, um... There was a report that came out in a uh, paper in the UK stating that electric vehicles were worse for the environment and they would never equal out to anything when it comes to cleaner transportation into well over 50,000 miles. However, it came out that that was misinformation paid for by Aston Martin to <laughs> kind of like shorthand electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, so all the controversy behind Aston Martin paying for this article and all this false information about electric vehicles really blew up in their face. Mm -hmm. um, it was a massive PR uh, issue. Um, I'm not sure. Did you see anything about that on Twitter? Was, I don't I remember seeing like that. January. It was it was a very big deal. Yeah. Um, uh, I know Fully Charged got involved with it, and wow. just like a bunch of like local EV um, enthusiasts were yeah. pretty upset about it. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, is that that is not true. Um, we have uh, some information from Tesla and their impact report. Yeah, so if we're looking just at production, which I mean, all cars need produced, obviously. So if we're looking at manufacturing, EVs do have a higher carbon impact, uh, use more energy when they are being produced. And that's mainly because of the batteries. They're just such a like technical need a lot of resources to actually produce. But the good thing is after it's produced, it's it's done. Like you don't need to produce it multiple times, right? So once the batteries are in the car, they're good. Like they even in their impact report here, they're saying that their their battery capacity retention is probably around 85 to 90 percent over 200,000 miles at least in tesla's model s and x fleet is what they shared here so even 
even though the car has traveled 200,000 miles, the battery is still usable and still is getting a significant amount of its original range, which is pretty incredible. Another thing to take in consideration to regardless of like the manufacturing standpoint of batteries versus like um, in oil um, with internal combustion engine vehicles, they have all the ongoing maintenance in order to keep it efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex and I were talking about during the brainstorming session uh, for today's episode, everything that goes into maintaining a gas powered car versus a electric vehicle, even if the battery does degrade over say 200,000 plus miles, yeah. it's still is efficient as an electric vehicle versus all the upkeep you need to do for a gas powered vehicle. Yeah. Um, not to mention all the products and all the fluids you have to throw out and then put back into a gas powered vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, just over the lifespan, it's just much cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. So bottom line with manufacturing is pretty much EVs do have a higher upfront cost, but the real conversation starts, I think when you're actually driving the vehicle. So like, like Brandon was saying, with an EV, you've just got to put electricity in it. So there is some some discussion along how what if how are these vehicles going to run if they're just running on coal, basically, right? Because a lot of our a lot of our power in the United States is pretty much produced from natural gas and coal are the two big ones right now. They're pretty mu- they're the most cost effective, at least uh, at least have been in the past few decades. I know solar is getting up there is probably one of the most cost effective Mm -hmm. now, thankfully. Um, (laughs) but we found, we found an interesting, some interesting charts here, uh, or maps, I guess, showing EV emissions as gasoline MPG equivalents. So this is a good way of kind of comparing EVs to ice vehicles, internal combustion vehicles. So in our, in our region of Ohio, we're getting about driving an EV is about the equivalent of driving a 56 miles per gallon gas car. So like a, a very efficient Prius or a very efficient, very efficient hybrid that gets 56 miles per gallon is putting out about the same emissions as your average EV on the road. But as we were looking at the map, we noticed there are many other regions in the United States where you get significantly better miles per gallon performance or miles per gallon equivalent. So I think the highest we saw was kind of in New York. Yeah. It's a 231 miles per gallon equivalent. So, I mean, think about the most efficient car you know of, and it's probably not getting anywhere close to 231 miles per gallon, (laughs) right? So (laughs) Nope. (laughs) That's that's pretty crazy um, emissions-wise. Alex, the one thing that surprises me about this map is looking at most of the states, there's almost no gasoline equivalent vehicle that compares to an electric vehicle in terms of emissions. Um, You know, most of them are above 50 miles per gallon. And what is that? Just a handful of gas powered vehicles. And those are Um, hybrids anyways. Yeah, a very small (laughs) handful. Yeah. 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 I I think the one state that surprises me the most is Alaska. I would always think that maybe they would be more coal powered, but maybe it has to do with um, wind and solar. I would be curious to know what their infrastructure is. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, I think, are we able to link stuff in the description or like the show notes? Uh, I think, yeah, I think we should be able to. Okay, we'll definitely link some stuff for this episode because it's a little more data heavy. And if you're looking to kind of do your own research, quote unquote, I think this is a good episode to do it and kind of check out some sources after the fact. So we don't want to scare a lot of people with like a ton of numbers and like getting super technical because we feel like that turns a lot of people off. So, (laughs) Um, 
we definitely don't want to say close your eyes and picture this because if you're driving, <laughs> that wouldn't also <laughs> that, that would yeah. yeah safety so. first. <laughs> So that's one way to look at it in terms of emissions, kind of comparing it to gas vehicles. But another thing with EVs we were discussing is that after you're driving the vehicle, it can really only get like fewer emissions as time goes on, as we transition to more renewable sources, right? Yep. As the as the grid gets uh, cleaner every day, the yeah. car is going to get cleaner too. And like I was saying, solar has gotten so big, I'm pretty sure it's the most cost-effective uh, generation right now in the united states like most most new like quote-unquote power plants that are going in are just giant solar fields which is awesome um, yeah it's gotten very cost effective and and can produce a lot of energy for us so obviously that has a very low carbon impact because we're not burning anything to uh yeah. <laughs> to produce exactly. fuel right so yeah. <laughs> so now that can turn people off if you're, if you're thinking that evs just run on coal that's that's really not the whole story so Another good way to look at it, too, is that you have an alternative to when you power your vehicle. You know, if you think of it, when you go to get gas, you literally only have one option. Yeah. But when you plug in your vehicle, you have, what, four or five different options to power your car? It's true. Yeah. So if you like options. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of the parts, like, being an engineer and somebody that likes a lot of, like, adaptability and versatility, Mm -hmm. the fact that you can, like, charge your car pretty much anywhere there's electricity is pretty cool like yeah <laughs> with a gas car you're pretty limited to just like you've got to go to a gas station <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now it's like hey you can plug in like at some random outlet somewhere and, like fuel yeah, up literally. your car yeah. like right. that's kind of cool so yeah. yeah i love stuff like that <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was gonna add another point to like when you Again, we've got to compare it to ICE vehicles. We can't really compare EVs to anything else in terms of their carbon impacts. So, I mean, with an EV, as soon as you produce it, the bulk of its carbon impact has already been done with that production phase. Whereas with an ICE vehicle, it's really just getting started, right? So yep. once it's produced, it's gotta, we've got to continually drill for oil. We've got to ship oil. We've got to refine oil, all of this stuff to get it usable to be used in your gas engine and that's got to continue to happen so that the car can keep driving that's not just like a one-time thing whereas i think the bulk of the of that kind of stuff happens um at the beginning with an ev and then over the lifetime they end up being much less (laughs) much fewer emissions uh than a nice vehicle over the lifetime and I think, I don't know if we have any numbers on like when kind of the crossover point is of like when they start being less less of an impact. So that's where that misinformation came from that I mentioned earlier with Aston yeah. Martin. They were saying that 50,000 was that mark. Yeah. I would have to do more research on that, but I've seen numbers anywhere from 15,000 miles to 25,000 miles. Yeah. That that's, that's when they kind of hit that that middle point and then EVs just become way more clean than driving a gas powered car. Mm -hmm. Um, But we could definitely do more research and provide any findings in the, the yeah. If we find some more stuff after this, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've, I've heard pretty similar. It's about like one to one to two or three years, maybe of like when you kind of hit that crossover point, then as Brandon was saying after that, EVs are pretty much in the clear and going to be a lot, lot less emissions over the over the lifetime. Um, another thing too is EVs last way longer. So we were we were mentioning that Tesla study. Um, every year they release their kind of environmental impact report. 
which of course you could kind of say is biased because Tesla actually releases it themselves, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're showing that their their vehicles are lasting 200,000 miles. And, and I know a lot of gas vehicles are also lasting that long, but I think the the quality of that vehicle, I think, has dropped a lot over 200,000 miles, at least with yes. ICE vehicles, right? <laughs> Whereas yep. EVs, I mean, they, they've really just got that battery. And as long as that battery's working, the motors generally do not wear out. And then you've just got kind of normal car maintenance along with that. Yeah, I was going to say, let alone the money you're going to drop into a, car, a, a combustion vehicle at 200,000 miles. Yeah, <laughs> you're likely looking at like replacing a whole transmission or a very large, yep. large part of the battery or the... Yeah the car yeah pretty much the whole engine at some point yeah yeah <laughs> potentially <laughs> so the nice thing with electric vehicles and the batteries and the material that it's made out of you can pretty much recycle the entire battery and utilize that power source to power other um, items or daily things that you interact with um the the one example i want to bring up is that nissan takes nissan uh, leaf batteries like mm -hmm. older leaf packs and um, puts them into solar LED lights for countries like um, uh, in Africa and like uh, areas where like electricity isn't uh, um, prevalent throughout oh, wow. the country. Okay. So they create solar battery packs that power streetlights um, nice. using old leaf battery packs. That's pretty cool. Um, and I know uh, some other companies, I believe LG is using old battery packs for um, uh, home storage or energy storage mm -hmm. from like solar panels. Yeah, actually, I did a video ask, uh, talking to some solar homeowners that have solar on their roofs, and one of the guys said he was waiting to add a backup battery because they are so expensive right now to add to your home. Um, so we're hoping as more batteries get produced, we're able to reuse those old batteries from EVs. If they're not good enough for driving, generally they're good enough for grid storage because they don't need that high demand where they're like taking those high charging rates and all that crazy stuff that like evs need to handle but for like home battery backup like a lot of batteries can handle that a lot easier so that's where i see a lot of them going is is being reused as grid storage or home battery storage um mm -hmm. and another thing to remember is that it's not like a cell phone battery where you've just got like a single cell there EV batteries are this huge modular pack with a bunch of different batteries in it. It's over a thousand batteries all in this little pack. And they can either reuse that or sometimes they can actually repair them. If they're able to locate like which shell or which module in the pack has gone bad, sometimes they can refurbish it and give your EV a whole new life, <laughs> which yeah. is a pretty cool thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard stories about that where yeah. people drive old uh, old Model S's and they go to get a battery replacement and all of a sudden they have a much bigger battery pack and they can drive further. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like Ikea for batteries. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Some assembly required. Yeah, right. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of Ikea names for batteries. <laughs> I'll have to look some up. <laughs> Another part of the whole emissions part of EVs is now the emissions aren't coming out of your tailpipe. So there are emissions from producing power. That's just what happens, at least in our current mix of, of generation right now. But now all of those emissions are not near where you're driving your car. So 
you've probably seen if you have kids, you go to pick up your kids at school or pick them up at daycare, wherever else, you've got this huge line of cars, everybody's got their engines running, there's like, you can't see it, but there's these big clouds of CO2 and all these noxious gases all floating around there around all these kids, but... Now, if we all transition to EVs, that's going to clean up a lot of your local air and in the areas you live in. So, um, I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna share this. Stop me, but um, oh. I know we saw some some pictures in California of just how how much better the smog was when uh, yeah <laughs> when everybody was locked down for coronavirus. I just Which thought those is... pictures were incredible because we're yeah. used to seeing this huge haze over LA and like parts yeah. of Southern California and basically all those were gone because everybody was was at home locked down unfortunately um but did have a a positive effect on the planet so i think that kind of gave us a a glimpse into the future almost of what it would look like if we didn't have all these tailpipe emissions yeah yeah i i know for me i i think i mentioned this to you that really motivated me to help educate about electric vehicles mm -hmm. that seeing that those photos being shared of all the smog and all the pollution pretty much just vanishing in like a week. Yeah. It just made me realize that's the future that we absolutely need mm -hmm. and we should want, um, for, you know, for us and for our future generations. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I do want to bring up when it comes to smog and tailpipe emissions is that there's a lot of research on how local tailpipe emissions impacts community health, mm -hmm. um, especially lower income um, housing areas. Um, if you look at like a map, most of those neighborhoods are along like highway systems, which mm -hmm. obviously is near a large amount of um, traffic and high air pollution. And if you look at the amount of health impacts such as like lung disease and lung cancer because of that, it's, it's very prevalent and is very high. Yeah. Um, so I think if we can focus on reducing local emissions and creating local air pockets, you know, the cleaner air pockets for communities, that would just help everybody. Definitely. Um, and I know a lot of manufacturers are starting to put tailpipe emissions or local tailpipe emissions in their, um, their figures when they're mm. introducing new electric cars, um, because I think it's something to absolutely highlight. Yeah. Definitely. that these cars could literally clean entire neighborhoods <laughs> yeah it's it's wild and like tesla says it all the time but the tesla car is making the air cleaner as it drives because it's sucking air in for like the ac and filtering that out so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know at some point they did a test with a model x or model s with like the whole bioweapon defense mode oh, like hepa filter yeah, yeah. they I put think it was the model x model x they yep. put it in yep. like a plastic bubble and had like not very clean air in there. And then like over the course of a few hours, they just let it let the AC run essentially in the car. And then like a couple hours later, the air was significantly cleaner because mm -hmm. the car had been sitting there run its, <laughs> running its air filter. So that was pretty crazy, too. So not only yep. are they oh, not yeah. putting out tailpipe emissions, they're actually making the air cleaner. So yep. <laughs> another thing I, I didn't talk about it really on. I don't think I explained it very well when we were talking about driving, but um, basically the reason that a coal-powered EV is still more efficient than an ICE vehicle is because EVs use energy incredibly efficiently. Burning coal at a coal production plant, that's literally what it's meant to do is to create energy, right? So that's what it's going to do completely. Like, that's what they're profit margins are on they're going to do that as efficiently as they can at a coal plant 
Whereas in an ICE vehicle, it's not as important how efficient it is, right? Because the the cost is to the end consumer. So companies aren't as worried about how, how efficient your gas engine is. They are a little bit for marketing reasons to like make your car more efficient and sell more vehicles. But in terms of cost and stuff, they're not necessarily looking at that. They're trying to build an ICE engine as efficiently as possible and as cheap as possible so they can make the most money. So when you are driving electric vehicle, it uses that energy much more efficiently. So when we're talking about those maps that are like, it's a 56 miles per gallon equivalent, that's essentially why is because EVs use energy so efficiently, whereas an ICE vehicle does not. <laughs> I mean, <Yeah. laughs> we saw on the graphs, like the most efficient, uh, if you look at some some comparisons between like energy consumption of a gas vehicle to an EV, it's it's incredible how efficient the EVs are. A good way to look at the miles per gallon equivalent is what size gas tank you would have if you had a gas like engine in your EV, like if you're looking at similar efficiency. So my Model 3 gets over 120 some miles per gallon equivalent. So I would have about a two and a half gallon energy wise tank in my car and could go over 300 miles. Like that's kind of how I look at the miles per gallon equivalent usually, which is just insane. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that, that's really interesting. I, I've never looked that up before yeah. to see what my bolt would be. That's why that's why gas vehicles typically have more range is because they can fit so much energy in a smaller volume, whereas mm. we've got these huge batteries. Um, but batteries use energy more efficiently. So like I've got a 75 kilowatt hour battery and can go X amount of miles gas equivalent. It's about a about a two and a half to three gallon tank, which is just crazy. I don't know if you the can bolt? figure that out from your your bowl, but <laughs> do you see the formulas yeah. floating around my head? Like, <laughs> I'm like, hmm. um, it has 119 miles per gallon equivalent. Okay, and it says, and you can go like 240 per... miles. Uh, yes. Yep. So you have like the equivalent of like a two gallon tank in your car and can go 240 miles, which is wild. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually funny. It's been maybe like almost 10 years since I've really thought about like miles per gallon. Yeah. Like just anything compared to that. I just plug in and drive. <laughs> That's all you got to do. So as Alex and I were researching for this podcast, we came across this really cool comparison tool on uh, fueleconomy.gov. And pretty much what this tool does is it allows you to compare one vehicle, I think actually against three or four other vehicles. Yeah. And it breaks down your energy impact score, how many barrels of oil that specific car uses, as well as greenhouse gas emissions for that specific car. Mm -hmm. So Alex and I thought it would be fun to compare our current electric vehicles to our old gasoline-powered vehicles. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start? Yeah, I can. So I used to drive a 2014 Scion FRS, like a little two-door sports car. Um, Definitely wasn't a good purchase decision because I know why I wanted to get a Tesla at some point and should have just saved my money. But <laughs> I've got one now. So. <laughs> um, so just looking at the energy impact score, which is essentially how many barrels of oil you use per year to fuel your car, the amount my Scion used to use per year 
was 11.8 barrels. So a barrel is about 42 gallons. So a lot of barrels of gas were used on that vehicle. It got about 30 miles per gallon. So definitely wasn't the most efficient, I'd say kind of middle of the road for, for cars out there now. But after switching to a Tesla, and now my annual petroleum consumption in terms of electricity, I guess like to fuel the fuel the electricity that is powering my car it is now only 0.2 barrels so (laughs) wow going from 11.8 to 0.2 so a significant (laughs) reduction in uh impact on the planet so that's it's pretty crazy so we're actually pretty similar in terms of uh, my previous car compared to your scion um, so my previous car was a 2017 Volkswagen Golf and, mm-hmm. um, this, I would say the miles per gallon was sitting around like 30 to 32 miles per okay. gallon on average. Um, the energy impact score for that golf was 11.4 barrels of okay. oil so pretty similar. and the bolt. Yeah. Very similar. And then the bolt is 0.2 barrels. There you go. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I feel much better about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which is pretty crazy to just see it. Like they have the little pictures of the barrels up here too, so you can like visually see how much different it is. Yeah, and, it's, and, and I think what it's crazy blows my mind too. That's every year. Every yeah. year you drive that car, you're burning that many barrels of oil. <laughs> yeah, which which kind of goes back to what we talked about in production. Like even though EV production takes more energy, you've really got to look at the whole lifetime of the vehicle, which with a gas car only gets worse really like it continues to accelerate (laughs) yeah so another way to kind of put this in the perspective too is that those are just our two cars yeah if you think of it every other gas powered vehicle on the road right now Mm -hmm. is using that or more yeah um, you know amount of oil which is to me just sickening to be honest. And those are pretty middle of the line vehicles. Like there's plenty of pickup trucks and stuff out there and like souped up sports cars that get sub 20 miles per gallon that use even yeah. more like throughout the year. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. It's a good time to go electric. That's right. Always is. <laughs> as we as we said, since this is our Earth Day episode, every day is Earth Day. That's right. <laughs> every day. We live on Earth, so every day is Earth yep. Day. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I want to say after all this information that we shared with you all, hopefully you feel rooted (laughs) to continue growing (laughs) into an electric car. Nice. Because it's Earth Day and, you you know, save the trees. (laughs) Perfect. And don't leaf anytime soon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What makes it worse is that I'm just watching you because I'm like... (laughs) Come on. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> laugh now. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, time's clicking. So as as we wrap up this um as we wrap up this episode, the one thing that you guys can do as we talked in the beginning of the episode when it comes to um personal changes to be more sustainable, I would recommend getting involved with local groups. Mm-hmm. Um figuring out if there's any local initiatives, if it is a drive electric group or if it's just simply picking up litter as you're walking, get involved. Uh, honestly, the first step is just getting involved, find something you're passionate about and just start with that. Yeah. And you definitely like, as Brandon's saying, like, you don't have to do it alone. Like you're definitely not alone in your, like your sustainable journey. There's, that's how I first got involved and kind of discovered my passion for electric vehicles is I knew I wanted one. I found our local group and was able to go and chat with owners and like, see what it was like before I kind of made that jump. So 
we call it EV curious in our group. <laughs> when, <laughs> I like we have, when we have people come that are just kind of trying to learn about electric vehicles. So like you definitely don't have to jump into it all at once. If you're just curious about what it's like, you can go go visit some some local meetings and learn about EVs and learn about things you can do to be more sustainable. So so everybody this is going to be it for our earth day episode if you enjoyed this podcast definitely make sure you check out our social media pages on twitter it is living electric underscore and then on instagram it is the living electric podcast as well as the same name on facebook so if you want to start a conversation about sustainability if you have any questions just let alex and i know thank you guys for supporting us yep we'll see you in the next episode